Welcome to the So She Is podcast. I am your host, Katie Neary, and this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things manifestation, neuroscience, spiritual evolution, and how to tap into your infinite potential and live a life beyond your wildest dreams. I know that you clicking play today is no accident, and I am so grateful for you being here. With that said, let's get this party started. As you all know by now, I have officially launched So We Are Silent Disco, which is Long Beach's first and official outdoor silent disco and ecstatic dance journey led by me, Katie Neary. And I am so excited for the first public one on March 27th. Go grab your ticket in the description box. The headphones are limited, so the sooner you buy your ticket, the sooner you guarantee you have a spot because I cannot guarantee there will be spots day of or even as we get closer to the event. But before we jump into today's episode, I really wanted to bring you a testimonial of someone who has gone through a little bit of what So We Are is about. I did a few private events last week and The testimonial is from head coach of Cal State Fullerton softball, Kelly Ford, and she is going to describe what the journey was like that they went, her and her team went on with me as the facilitator. Now, this journey was a little different because it was a private event and tailored to team bonding, but go ahead, take a listen, and I look forward to seeing you on March 27th. So our group went into our beach adventure with So We Are um, without knowing what was in store. I actually tried to surprise the team so they had no expectations on the day. But our group, and this is a group of about 30 of us with staff and players, went into this just yearning for connection and wanting to be more vulnerable with each other and and wanting to feel cl- a closeness that we were just lacking um, from being on the field and competing with each other every day. And we left with all that and more. We laughed, we cried, we um, danced, we uh, and, and we experienced all this without talking to each other. So it was um, just really a, a lot of emotions came out of our athletes and, and we shared um, these emotions and were there for each other. And it was just one of those experiences that opened us wide, up, wide open. And I think uh, I would highly recommend this experience for any group of people that want that connection, that want to walk away feeling moved and feeling like they belong and feeling like um, there's something that they are a part of that's bigger than just themselves. And so I want to thank Katie and and uh, for what she gave to our athletes and and our experience and just uh we are going to book her again so katie be ready 
Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to So She Is. I am so, so, so grateful for all of you pushing play today and for just another beautiful day, another beautiful episode for So We Are being official and out and happening and just this potent energy around it. I'm just on a really in my masculine a lot lately, like just a do, 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 go, go, go. But I'm so excited to be recording an episode on the inner child because I mean, my inner child has been out to play all the time, but like really this week, like especially when you take big jumps, the inner child like really has a lot to say and a lot going on. And I wanted to really talk about the inner child because it's something that gets used a lot in the spiritual world or it's just talked about a lot. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the spiritual world. I feel like it's becoming very common use to talk about the inner child and it's kind of expected to be understood. Like... Like people throw that word around like everyone is supposed to know how to interpret it. And I realize sometimes there's a lack of, you know, talking about the inner child, but then talking about how do you, what do you even, what even is the inner child? And so that's my goal today is to just really go over like, what is the inner child and how, how can you like form a relationship with it and just go into the basics of like inner child 101. So what is the inner child? The inner child are or is the aspects of ourselves that are the little boy or the little girl within. And they are deep within the subconscious mind because it's literally like the child within you that's under the age of 10 years old. And it's made up of all the aspects of ourselves that have unmet needs or unexpressed emotions from childhood that have been deeply, deeply suppressed. So even if you think you had the best childhood, these could still exist because they're so suppressed. Or if you are someone who, when you think about childhood, you're like, I don't really have a lot of memories. Like, I don't really know. Because it's also deeply, deeply suppressed. Like, the honestly, sometimes when it's like the more trauma or the more um, of an unemotionally stable environment you lived in, the more you don't remember your childhood as a protection mechanism. And that all of that lives within the inner child within you. And it also includes uh, all the aspects of ourselves that have innocence and that natural enthusiasm and that joy and that play, and that creativity, and within it, like, that world is your oyster energy, and I can do anything. I can be the astronaut. I can be the actress. It's like the person, it's like the child that hasn't been told no yet, or hasn't been rejected yet, that also lives in the inner child. So there's both of those energies here. We have the deeply suppressed emotions, and then we also have this fun creativity, this liveliness energy living within. And it's similar to shadow work because the inner child holds all of these deeply seated unworthiness and shame beliefs. And so that's kind of where like the shadow and the inner child, like there's like a fine line because it's like without one, there's not the other. (laughs) And so, but deeply seated unworthiness and shame is really where this, uh, there's a lot of work to be done with and to be held and to be looked at. And it's basically anything we didn't get as children growing up becomes the unmet needs in our adulthood that can result in damaging behavior if we don't meet them ourselves. And so in shamanic tradition, it's believed that when we are traumatized or hurt as children, we fragment our soul, causing it to split from our bodies. And this is why integrating the inner child brings immense wholeness and 
manifesting from wholeness is so much more powerful than fragmented. I mean, I remember when I started my spiritual journey, I, I was kind of like, I don't really want to do the hard stuff. I don't really want to be sad. I don't really want to. Is there any way I can manifest my dream life like without having to like cry or like without having to like really look at my shit or like I, I don't want to think anything bad about my family like I you know that's how I approached my spiritual journey like I want to go there I want to get the big results but I don't want to go that deep and I'm here to tell you the more I got into spirituality it, the more I was open to going deeper going deeper and now deep is the only place I know like it's like when we were kids we would dig in the sand like I'm digging for China like that's what I'm doing with my um (laughs) with my spiritual journey and my healing journey and that's why like manifesting from wholeness is so 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 much powerful than manifesting from separation or from just pieces of you and I'm kind of worthy like I kind of believe it and It's kind of why mantras work, but they can only work so much. Like, I am powerful, I am powerful, I am powerful. And you believe that until until you don't because there's that unmet need from childhood that's like, I don't really think you're powerful. If you were powerful, this wouldn't have happened to you. Like, all these big T traumas or even little, like, if you were powerful, then the people would have liked you. You know what I mean? And once I started working with my inner child, like, once you make the introduction, it becomes so much easier. You become so much more aware because honestly, the inner child drives the car a lot at the time, especially if you don't know, because it's these deep beliefs within the subconscious mind that are controlling your 95% of your brain. And if you don't learn to work with it, it's going to just work, work you. And I actually started the healing process with the inner child through uh, hypnosis. I was working with a coach and she provided hypnosis and I would do it, I would do it, I would do it. And through like going to a state of hypnosis, I was able to gain a relationship. And now I can just really, I can feel if something comes up, I can feel where my inner child is. It's typically in my heart space and I can rub on it. I can give myself like motherly touches. Like there's, it's just like once you get awareness, it's, it's easier. (laughs) It's harder because it's deep shit, but it's easier to work with the inner child. And so I want to go back to how the inner child is similar to the shadow. So we have these suppressed sides of us that didn't gain us love, attention, approval, survival, and our overly expressed sides of us that got the praise. We all have suppressed sides of us that didn't gain us love, attention, approval in order to survive. Like we had to suppress sides of ourselves that didn't or we're not so, like socially acceptable or our parents yelled at us for. And contrary to that, we had overly expressive sides that got us praised. Like, she's such a hard worker. She's so smart. And it's those almost like unspoken rules we had within our family growing up that created the concept of who we are and who we think we are. And when those unspoken rules cause us feelings like we're doing something bad or wrong, the childhood familial conditions can leave us feeling so guilty because we're breaking like all these rules like like if you had to get straight A's or or else you weren't smart and you were failing the family like well then it's it's like that that's like the unspoken rule so then if you mess up at work it's like oh my god it you revert to those 
unspoken rules of childhood, even though that's so far removed now or like, and it's, that's why it's so connected to the shadow of the taboo of these suppressed and these things you didn't want to be because that got you hate instead of love and you just want to be praised at the end of the day to survive we all need love we all need community we all need connection and these inner child or these shadow parts are when they, when exposed it can feel terrible like terribly insecure i can feel terribly guilty like oh my god i'm doing something wrong like and that's why even sometimes speaking your truth like can feel so paralyzing because oftentimes as kids it's like wow she's so much or so loud stop talking don't talk when i'm speaking like and you suppress that that's not give that's giving you like that's not giving you love and attention and approval and so to survive you stop talking and so then when you start to speak out it could feel horrible. It could feel guilty. It could feel like, who am I to talk? But I'm here to tell you that that's not you. That is not you on a cellular, amazing, spiritual like level. That is your inner child like begging for a hug. For me personally, I did not grow up in a family or a household that was really like emotional nor physical touch I literally didn't know my love language was physical touch until I started dating Curly and I realized like if she didn't touch my shoulder I felt like she didn't love me (laughs) like but I grew up in a family where physical that was kind of gross I used to be gross if like someone wanted to be like like cuddle like I don't even know how to act but I also didn't know how to express emotions I literally didn't know how to cry like actually cry like actually allow myself to feel until I started one doing these hypnosis works with a coach and like on my own for inner child two I was microdosing on mushrooms at the time and that combination of rewiring neural pathways with both the psilocybin and the hypnosis I was able to gain access to what feeling your emotions felt like but being emotional in our house like meant didn't gain you love or approval it kind of was like come on tough it out like I don't know like that's my interpretation again like mom if you're listening this is this is nobody's fault like I want to go back just a step because what your parents are operating from their end met needs from their childhood and their their parents are operating from their unmet needs from their childhood and all of these are passed down generationally and that's why when someone decides to look at it and decides to end it and decides to be the change we are rewriting the timeline like and breaking generational patterns and breaking generational curses and breaking it all it can be super painful and you can you might not gain love and approval right away it's kind you could actually get the opposite from your family and that's what happened to me when i was like when i would show them showing emotions did not feel safe because i was supposed to be tough and i was i was better just to like just be the star and don't don't be sad like being sad so stupid like that was like what my inner child feels and that's because my family doesn't necessarily have a really high emotional intelligence or have the capacity to hold emotional space in that sense where some families are super comfortable crying and hugging and doing all that stuff but that's just not my story but now I literally am holding space for a living. I'm obsessed with it. I want to allow people to get in touch with their shadow side. I now want to give some food for thought because as we know, these are deep, 
deep, deeply rooted beliefs in your subconscious mind that you may or may not have access to. And you may or may not have access to an inner child hypnosis. Therefore, I am going to provide you with a list of some questions that you can just ponder on, sit with, and allow those answers to be like, oh, food for thought. Like, hmm. So number one, what parts of yourself did you have to hide or minimize as a child? Number two, how did your family feel when you expressed certain emotions? What did they do when you got emotional? Number three, what boundaries were most valued in your family growing up? Number four, which of your needs did not get met as a child? Number five, what did you learn was acceptable in your family versus what was not acceptable? Number six, I believe. Okay, <laughs> I got lost. I just have these written down with little stars. Um, number six, what conflict, when conflict arose, how did your family handle it? Number seven, is there anything else about your childhood that needs validation? Number eight, what parts of yourself do you feel like you're not expressing as an adult because you don't believe it's safe to? And some of those questions still might be kind of like, hmm, I don't know. But the most important thing about asking really good questions is to allow the answers to come. Like, you are not asking good enough questions if you can think of them off the bat. Now, this is also a time to trust your intuition. So if you heard one of those and you had a bam, immediate response that you weren't even expecting, that maybe you were like, wait, what? Take that as a real intuitive hit and a message from your inner child. But if you're sitting there like, well, maybe it's this, well, maybe it's, I would just let it sit. I would just, I would journal on it tomorrow. If any of these stuck out or if all of them stuck out, I would re-listen to this and just write them down so you have them and then keep coming back to them and allow your inner child to feel safe to answer them because it's all about safety, right? Like, because all these get suppressed because you did not feel safe and that's just food for thought on like one way to connect to the inner child. But again, just it's important to have so much grace with yourself and your inner child when you're working through these things because you have literally been programmed and trained and conditioned to not listen to your internal nudges, to not listen to your intuition, to not listen to what's best for you. Because growing up, all the time, your parents would inflict what their beliefs are for you an example like you say like I'm really full and then your parents deem that it wasn't enough food which is their own thing but they say no you have to finish your plate or the clean plate cup or whatever that is and then you learn to not trust your body you learn to not trust your internal cues like oh I have to eat because then I'm wasting and um, okay, so it doesn't matter what my body says. It doesn't matter that I'm full. I cannot be a waster and I cannot make my parents mad. Therefore, I have to finish this plate regardless of what it feels like for me, regardless of what my experience is. And so that's kind of an example of how these things get stuffed down into the subconscious, deep in the subconscious mind and why you just need to be gentle with yourself, have grace with yourself, because it's a lot of unlearning. It's a lot of unconditioning. It's a lot of rewiring and reprogramming. And it's a relationship. A relationship does not form like overnight. Like you would not like just like go to dinner with someone and then consider themselves your best friend. Like you wouldn't probably tell them your deepest secrets after one day of hanging out. And that's how it is with your inner child. It's this 
trusting like because the inner child has been like hurt so much that it's like no like it's safe we can work together it's a team and I promise you it's so magical once you get there now next thing I want to talk about is the ego and how the ego is the protector of the inner child and it's important to remember that the ego is not good or bad it just is but the ego will protect the inner child at all costs so Anytime there is a threat to the inner child within, the ego will lash out in defense. And this defense can show up as self-sabotaging behaviors, avoiding feeling pain, and numbing out like with drugs or alcohol. Or it can show up, show up as like a short fuse and anger and aggression and then and or pretending just everything's okay when it isn't or living in constant fear and being hypervigilant, especially like with childhood trauma and inability to trust ourselves or others and putting unattainable expectations and standards on others and just expecting them to meet our needs. These are all ways that the ego can really show up as the, the defense, as the protector, as everything, because it's a little baby. It's a little baby in you. It's the inner child. It's the one that's been hurt. And the ego is not going to let anybody else hurt the inner child and including yourself, but more so it's like all the external, like the ego is just like a shield and it's like, fuck you. Like, and then it could show up. Yeah. Just like I said, as that numbing, as that anger, as that pretend, it's all good. I don't even care. Which is kind of like what I said with emotions. Like everything just has to be okay. Even if it's not, even if you don't feel safe right now, if you're sad, like it's okay, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Think about it. When kids fall, we instantly go, you're fine. You're fine. Especially young girls. We are like from the youngest age, you are coddled when you fall and you're taught to be nervous. Whereas boys, it's like, dust it off, go like you're fine. And I think that's honestly where a lot of this like fear of failure, like why guys are so brave or they just go after what they want. Well, they're literally conditioned from the day they're born to do that. Whereas women or little girls, when something happens to them, there is someone, oh, come here, sweet baby. Oh, you're okay. You're okay. Oh, there's just that difference there. And this brings me into integrating and how do we heal the inner child? And it's really all about reparenting ourselves. And what reparenting means is being the unconditionally loving, compassionate adult or parent to ourselves that we never had growing up. And it's ultimately recognizing or the recognition that we as adults can meet our unmet needs and that the only validation we need that we didn't get as children comes from our adult selves and bringing safety into the full expressions of ourselves and showing ourselves unconditional love and compassion compassion with no judgment is really how you can start to not only form but build a beautiful relationship with your inner child and really heal from all the things that have happened in your past. And a lot of times we like want that apology. We want that, we want that finger pointing. We want, you did this to me, say sorry. Well, I'm here to say you can, as an adult today, 
hold your inner child and give them the sorry that they're looking for. Even though it's not probably going to be from the person that hurt them or did them wrong, you can say, I'm so sorry you felt unsafe. I am here now. And just be surprised at the magic that comes from that. So when you begin the process of reparenting, it again comes back to asking yourself questions and showing up for yourself and showing up for your inner child. And when you ask these questions, you can think about a specific memory. You can think about your childhood as a whole. But it's really important that when you, I'm about to list all the questions, but when you listen, if you feel a hit in in your heart, in your gut, your throat closed, where you feel like, ooh, like a little weird sensation in your body, like keep note of that and come back to it. Because it is about showing up for yourself. It is about creating an environment that feels safe to be seen, to be heard, to be felt, because it's all those aspects of ourselves that have been rejected. And so some of the questions that you can ask, whether directly or indirectly about an event or just about in, in the bra or the whole scheme of your life, what did you need to hear? How did you want to be held? How did you want to be responded to? What did you want someone to ask you? When were you when you were feeling emotional, how did you want someone to show up for you? What did you want to be accepted for? And again, if those answers didn't give you any response in your body or they didn't they, you just didn't feel think of anything or you know, they didn't there was nothing there. That's okay. That's okay. Because you can sit with it. And the longer you sit with it and you just keep showing up for it and just keep asking, I guarantee one day they'll make, they'll crawl a little bit out of the darkness and say hello and show you or communicate with you in some way to start this relationship that you're building. And so kind of leads me into how to connect with your inner child for healing. So you can, especially if you do not have a great memory of your childhood, you can find a picture of you and have it with you. And so you really get the idea of who you're having like a conversation with. You could really like to really channel that inner child, like have a picture so you can connect, so you can see and have a conversation with the little boy or girl inside you. And it could just be like, we don't have to start deep. Like, what did you need to hear? We could just start with, how are you doing? Is there anything I can get? Do you need some snacks, refreshments? I'm here for you. Like, we're doing this now. Like, if if going deep doesn't feel safe, like, just look at the picture of yourself and just be like, hey, girl, like, I'm here. Or, hey, boy, I'm here. And you can also find an activity that you used to love to do as a kid. I mean, it could be cartoons, like watching SpongeBob or like any type of cartoon. For me, like I know I always watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I, I always wanted to be in movies. I didn't really want to watch movies, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was for sure one that I did like. You can play with dolls. You can play with race cars. You could color. You could jump on a trampoline. You could cuddle with a really soft blanket. And any of these activities, do that activities. Like, play with kids. Like, and I mean, this is really easy for me because I have a niece and she is my biggest, like, activator for my inner child. And I also coach her t-ball team. So, like, I have, like, pure access to, like, infinite amount of Barbies, infinite amount of play. But... If you don't, like, 
as weird as it sounds, like go to the store and buy a Barbie and kind of just like play with it, acknowledge it, like give your inner child exactly what she wants. If you need to watch cartoons with a really soft blanket or a really cute stuffed animal, like you can even go to the store and get one. Like I'm telling you, the more willing you are to do the things that feel uncomfortable, the more incredible and whole and the radical self-acceptance will come in because you will be able to mend these parts because the relationship then has trust and the sillier it feels the probably like it's probably the best and that's like I mean I can already see I'm not going to the store I'm not gonna go buy a doll I'm not gonna go buy Hot Wheels like but just imagine if you did like what could come from that because when you bring in this, like when you bring in the activity, when you jump on the trampoline, when you play the doll, when you cuddle, when you watch your favorite cartoon as a kid, you are activating that playful, joyful side that we use to manifest even more joy into our life. Because like I said, while the inner child holds those deep, 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 sad parts within us and they hold that that fear and that rejection and that shame and that I, I can't be seen, while they hold that, they also hold the key to the fun in life like I mean just picture little kids running around for hours on the playground or how creative they are and what they think their life can be before anybody else like nobody has told them no yet like that's also the energy you can tap into here by creating this relationship and honestly manifesting from a place of joy like ooh. Like I, fun is such a priority. Like the more joy you have, the more abundant your life will be like period. Living from a place of joy really changes the game in regards to manifestation. And it just amplifies and helps you so much when it comes to manifesting and when it comes to calling in your dream life or living the life you want to live. Because when you are whole and you manifest from a place of wholeness, it is long lasting lifelong manifestations that come through and that are created rather than creating something just to fill a void temporarily or just to please the ego because money from a place of wholeness is long lasting whereas when you are manifesting money or manifesting things from the ego it's like okay I'll be whole when I get to the top and then when I get to the top, I'm actually not good enough. So then I got to just resent everything. I hate everyone that like has it easy. And then I'm just angry. And be- that's how like it shows up when you manifest from a place of not being whole or not being fulfilled by yourself and being unintegrated and unhealed with your inner child. And just a side note, since I mentioned like manifesting money, we put money on this pedestal, but I want to just remind you that that is like a belief we have. Like there is no difference between manifesting a friend, a house, a car, anything. We, it is all the same. Money is just, our relationship to money makes it seem like it is above all else. But if you can manifest a free coffee in the morning, you can manifest any amount of money you want. It's all energy. It's just your relationship to the item or to the thing that blocks you from having it. Anyways, that was just my little side note. That is really all I have for today. If you want to 
like have your inner child come to this playground I am creating, then sign up for So We Are Silent Disco on March 27th. It is literally like uh, dancing on the beach in the sand and the headphones are noise canceling. So really it's only you, nature and the music and you can connect with a community if so you choose, but you also can just do your own thing. Everything is optional and it is literally purest inner child activation you could experience. So if your inner child ever liked to dance or boogie to music, come join us on March 27th in Long Beach. I am so, so, so excited for it and so excited to connect with you all there. And I love you so much. I will see you on Thursday. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send it to a friend. Tag us on Instagram at, at so she is underscore podcast and leave a five-star review so we can help build, grow, and expand this podcast to anyone who it needs to reach. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.